morning, everybody. We are celebrating Thanksgiving weekend. So in honor of that, we are going to ask a few people what they're grateful for. So, um, who should we go ask? Okay. How about that oh, guy right there? Justin. Hey. What are you? What are you thankful what for? Um, bacon. Bacon. <laughs> bacon and eggs with rice. Breakfast. All right. Thanks. Thanks. All right. That was. Uh, Pastor Marsha. What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving season? Volunteers like Carlene. Carlene is at our info center. Carlene, what are you thankful for? My church and my family and especially to God because without Him we're nothing. Beautiful. So, yeah. That's such Thank a you. better answer than bacon. Thank you. Thank you. Well. <laughs> We're gonna head into the fellowship hall now. Let's see who else we can find. Russell, what are you thankful for? Russell? <laughs> what are you thankful for, Russell? What am I thankful for? Yeah. Mm, my salvation, I guess. Ooh, that's a good one. And um, for the Lord's um, guidance and for all the blessings He has given me. Oh, I'm thankful for so much. I'm thankful for my husband. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for just me being in ministry here throughout the years. We're and, thankful for you. And I'm thankful for my Hanai daughter and granddaughter. <laughs> All right. Happy Thanksgiving. We're going to ask Chad. Chad is over here at the well. Chad, hey. we're celebrating Thanksgiving weekend. What are you thankful for? I'm just thankful for my family and this church and just everyone here and for the Lord. Okay, so what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my family, uh, for my church, my wonderful church that I work with, um, and for the love of Jesus Christ wherever I'm at, at home, here, out in the community. Amen, yeah. Here with Javelin, and we just want to ask you, what are you thankful for? I am thankful for my children. I'm a single mom, so I'm, I'm thankful that God has blessed me with beautiful children, which they're here with me today. Yeah, Justine. And um, just thankful and for having hope mm. as my family. Thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. Say bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Debbie, what are you thankful for this Thanksgiving weekend? My family. We actually have family visiting from Oahu, so it's the first time that they're going to come in over 10 years. So I'm very thankful for that this year. Wow. Yeah, three granddaughters. It's awesome. Auntie Jody. Hi. What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving season? Oh, I'm thankful for my family, their health. I'm thankful for my church family um, to keep me <laughs> spiritually rooted. <laughs> No, <laughs> my family also, and all of our friends, and all the babies that come in here. It's so cute. It's crazy. Oh, here comes now. I'm grateful for the Lord and for you. Oh, I'm yeah. grateful for you. <laughs> Auntie Malpa is our service coordinator, so she helps run the services. So thank you, Auntie Mapa. <laughs> okay, so last but not least, we have Auntie Heidi. Auntie Heidi, what are you grateful for this season? Well, there are so many things that I'm grateful for, but if I had to narrow it down, it would be the love that Jesus has for me, for us, and 
that through that love, I, I have this immense family called New Hope Church. So I'm super grateful for the family that God's given me through our church. Like Erica, my Erica. So I am grateful for many things, but the love that Jesus has and our church family is one of the greatest things I'm grateful for. So love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, so cute, the last lady. <laughs> so cute. Which is my wife, just in case you're new today. That's my wife, Heidi. But um, if you are new, we welcome you. And as Bunny and Chad were saying in your bulletin are some notes that you can take out and follow along. But here's, here's what we're so grateful for. We are, aren't we, are we not grateful that the, that the Lord himself has given us not just life, but he has given us the freedom to worship him in a place like this? I mean, we should be a grateful people. In fact, it is said that Christians should be the most grateful people on this planet. So the question is this, are we a grateful people? Now, if you look at people who are successful, people who may not be as successful in the eyes of the world, maybe people who just uh, satis are satisfied with whatever, or they settle for whatever is happening in life, or maybe they just don't care about life. If you look throughout all of these different kinds of people, you will find that those who enjoy life, those who want to do well in life, and those who want to contribute to life in our communities, those people most likely are grateful people. They're just grateful. And you'll see that common thread throughout those who just add to life. And then you might have some that are struggling with life and maybe are not as grateful and it could be possibly because there are certain things that happen in life that they're just not grateful about. They're not thankful for. Maybe some mishaps, a setback. Maybe someone said something or did something to them. So they're thinking to themselves, why should I be grateful that this happened to me? Why should I be grateful because I'm going through this? Why should I be grateful in this season of my life when it is that difficult? See, when, when we look at that word gratefulness, most of the times it's attached with something tangible. I'm grateful for. But what we're going to learn today is that Jesus teaches us what gratefulness really looks like and, and how we can be a grateful people and why it's important to be grateful or to learn the gift of gratefulness. This past weekend, of course, Thanksgiving, right? And some of us, we still have turkey. Uh, and and it, it, it's okay. Turkey is good. We can, we can eat that. That's fine. Some of us are done with it. Some of us are still cleaning up. Some of us, we just enjoy this weekend with family because that's what this season is about. It's about people. This past weekend, we had our grandchildren over, and we have three. One is eight, one is six, one is four, and they're all boys. So they love playing. They burn off a lot of energy. But with burning off all of their energy, they need food. They need to consume fuel to continue on with the day. So they constantly eat, constantly asking for food. They'll ask, Papa, can I have wheat thins? Papa, can I have yogurt? Papa, can I have juice? Gigi, which is what they call Heidi, Gigi, can I have jelly and bread? They'll ask these things constantly. And because we're grandparents, we give them whatever they like, <laughs> whatever they want. I kalima, ice cream. Uh, yeah, ice cream. I, I, I put choke scoops. I put a lot of scoops. Why? Because we're grandparents. We can do that. And it's legal. We have no problems with doing that. Send them home with the sugar rush. 
I'm okay with that. I can sleep at night. So they'll ask these things, but when we give them something, we, when, once we give them, whatever it is, if they don't say these words, what do we say to them? What do we, when we give it to them, we say, what do you say? And they say, thank you. Now, there's a reason why we do that. And the reason is because we want them to be thankful, but we also are teaching them respect, right? We want them to learn manners and how to be respectful, how to be thankful, how to treat others. So there's a lot put into just those two words, thank you. And we teach that to our children. But what can take place is over time, we can forget to be thankful and just say the words, thank you. In other words, we can actually learn how to separate being grateful and thank you. Because if we're not careful, what can happen is we forget to be a grateful people. Because it's become routine, just words. If it becomes just words, then how do we shift back to being a grateful people? How do we say thank you and actually mean it? Because we say thank you so often to people that when we receive something from them or, or they do a favor for us, it seems as if thank you becomes just a common word that we say and gratefulness becomes something that needs to be learned once again. Now, gratefulness actually expresses thank you not only from our mouths but from our hearts also. Gratefulness actually turns a learned response like thank you into a practice of the heart. And what we're going to look at is a story in the book of Luke, chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have your Bible app, you can open that. And we'll be in Luke chapter 17. And I'm going to read from verses 11 through 19. And this is such a story that when we read this, we see some hidden things in there that Jesus is trying to teach us. And we know it, or if you've known this story, it's, it's the story of the ten lepers who Jesus healed. And if you don't have your Bibles, as I read this, we're going to look at the different scriptures that uh, will come out of this story, and it'll be in your notes. But it starts like this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, and this is Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So there is a border, again, between Samaria and Galilee, and the reason for that is because the Samaritans were half-Jews. When the Syrians took them over, took over the nation of Israel, uh, these people became half Jews because they intermarried with the Assyrians. So now you have the Samaritans, and they were kind of, they didn't get along well with the Jews. So there was that little conflict between them. Now you have Galilee, you have the Samaritans or Samaria, and then you have Judea. Jesus would often travel through Samaria. And Jesus, being a Jew, as he went through Samaria, was kind of like looked upon as, are you, what are you doing? You're a Jew. Why are you going through Samaria? And the Samaritans would look at him and think, and think why are you associating with us? But Jesus often associates with those who are marginalized, the less than, or the unfortunate, or the unlovely. In fact, it was at the well that the story of the woman at the well that we read, Jesus spoke with her and he said, can you give me a drink from the well? And she said, I am a Samaritan woman and you're, you're asking me for a drink? In other words, she was saying, we don't even associate with each other. Why are you even 
talking to me. And he, he witnessed to her, he ministered to her, and the whole entire city came out to meet Jesus. See, Jesus is not confined to any type of person, background, religious belief. He's not concerned about boundaries in the sense of, I'm in this category, you're in that category, you're this label, you're that label. Jesus says, that's not even the issue. The issue is I see a person and I want to teach you about gratefulness. Because when gratefulness is at the core of a person's heart, nothing else matters. And that's what he's trying to teach this person. So Jesus is between the borders of Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And the reason why they were at a distance is because those who had leprosy and those who were unclean needed to stay distant from everyone else lest they become unclean and not be able to do the temple worship. So they would actually have to say, unclean. They would have to declare that when they saw someone coming towards them, they would have to say unclean so that the person would be like, okay, I'll go walk on the other side. I'm not going to touch that person because they're unclean lest I become unclean too. So they're saying these things and Jesus sees them and they call him master. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were healed. In other words, Jesus tells them what to do. They obey him and they're healed as they went. And as they're going, they find themselves cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was cleansed or healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Now Jesus is, he's talking to this one man, but there were ten. So what do we learn from this? Because the story of the grateful Samaritan, this, per- this one person who was grateful, gives us an image of who and what matters to Jesus. Therefore, who and what matters to Jesus should also matter to us at the same time. See, Jesus cares for those who are unlovely or the marginalized, those who are outcasted, pe- those who people uh, shun, that people put on the side and don't want to care about. And so Jesus teaches this man not only to care for those who are kind of like outcasted, but he also is teaching him the correct response, the appropriate response to his lordship, which is a response of faithful recognition and gratitude, being thankful to the Lord himself. And Jesus going between the, the boundaries of Samaria and Galilee, it shows that Jesus is okay with crossing cultural boundaries crossing stereotypes. He's okay with that. Why? Because he's not concerned about that. His main concern is you and me and our relationship with him, not necessarily where we are in life or our social status. And so now what Jesus is doing is he's crossing a social boundary by associating with the lepers and even more with a Samaritan because that was actually unheard of There was no possible way 
they were gonna, that people would see someone like Jesus, who they looked at as a rabbi, and that he would cross those boundaries and say, I am, I am concerned about this person. See, the, the cleansing of the leper is actually an identifying mark of who Jesus is. Earlier, they asked uh, John the Baptist, they said, hey, John, um, there's uh, Jesus doing these things. And, and John says, yeah, I know. Can you, can you ask Jesus, is he the Messiah or should we look for someone else? In other words, is he the one that we've been looking for? Is he the one that's going to save us from our sins? Is he the one or should we look for someone else? And Jesus says to John's disciples, he says, go, go tell John what you see, that the blind see, the deaf can hear, and the lepers are healed. Now, when Jesus uses the leper in that context, what he's saying is, I am the one. Because for him to heal even the lepers, he's saying there is no one too distant from me that I cannot touch for eternity. You see, Jesus is so much more concerned about the person, the individual person, than anything else. See, every single one of us all of us can become a more grateful people by learning the gift of gratefulness and how important it is to be a grateful people. But the question then is, why is it important to be grateful? It has to do with more than just saying thank you, right? Well, here's some things. We're going to look at three that helps us to understand the gift of gratefulness. Here's the first thing, that grateful people give praise to God. Grateful people, they just give praise to God because they're grateful. They're not grateful for what they can get from God. They're not grateful because of the blessings from God. They're grateful to God himself. Grateful people give praise to God. This becomes the strength of their life because grateful people are strengthened people. They just have a resilience about themselves. And when you're able to give praise to God and as a result of who he is, not what we can get from him or how well things go in life, then when the tough times hit, you're able to withstand the difficulties because you're a grateful person. And because of that gratefulness, you're strengthened. Luke 17, 15 says when one of them, one of them when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He didn't come back, oh, thanks, that Jesus. Hey, right on, but hey, what's good? He, he came back praising God. He came back with a loud voice. And sometimes that happens here. God will say something or we'll hear a good word and we'll say amen. We'll say things like that. And, and sometimes maybe we're not comfortable, but in our hearts we're like, oh, that was good. If, if you feel that, say it. Nothing wrong with it. In fact, it should be like that in church. What we're doing is we're agreeing with the word of God. Amen means so be it. Now, you might not be an amener. Maybe you're not the type of person who say, amen, preach it, brother. You may not be that type of person, but, but you're a chew type of person. Every once in a while, you can be like, yeah, chew. So, so what you're saying is, I'm praising God. Thank you, Lord. You're saying it with your audible voice. Why? Because you're learning to be a grateful person, or you are a grateful person. This man comes back to Jesus, praising God in a loud voice. He was so thankful. How many of you have a loud voice? Just come on, just admit it. Loud, loud voice. Yeah, chew. See, some of us, that's just our gift. It's just our gift. Now, some other people may not like your gift, but that's okay. We have been given a voice. And this man comes to Jesus grateful. I find it no mistake that the author pens these words that he said it in a loud voice. 
He didn't just come praising God. No, he praised God in a loud voice. Because I'm wondering about the other nine. I'm sure they were thankful. I'm sure they were like, oh, look at this. We're, we're, we're clean. We're healed. I'm sure they said some things. But what they may have missed is saying it to Jesus. Specifically Jesus. Because they're thank- I'm sure they're thankful. We're thankful for healing. And I'm sure they were thankful. They just didn't go back to praise God. They didn't do it like how the other man did it. And they missed out on an opportunity. See, it's so easy for us to get taken over by our emotions that we forget about the Lord in our happiness. And we forget that, wait a minute, he's the healer. That my concern should never be about being healed. But my main concern should be about the healer who heals me. Because here's the difference. Being healed is temporary. Worshiping the healer, that's eternal. And that's what Jesus was trying to teach with this one grateful Samaritan. He was saying, what you're doing is eternal. The healing is temporary. But what you're doing is something eternal. See, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to be grateful for the Lord more than what he does. Because if we're more grateful to him, then we understand the gift of gratefulness. I, I've done this so often, especially during Christmas time, that I forget about the giver of the gift. And let me just give you an example. When we open up gifts, we let the children open up the gifts first. So by the time it comes to us adults, there's rubbish all over the place. I mean, we try to keep it neat, you know, in, in bags and things, but you see kids, right? You, you, they, just, they just go. So by the time it comes to us, I'm opening up gifts, and then I'm, I'm looking at my gifts, and I'm thankful. And then Heidi will once in a while say, hey, who's that from? That's nice. And I'll say, oh, um, oh where's the tag? And I, I don't know where the tag is. So I don't know who it's from. So I have to ask my family, who, who, gave, who gave me this? And if they're there, then they'll say, oh, I gave it to you. Then I can say thank you. But if I don't, if they're not there and it was a gift that someone gave to me that was there, I don't know who to say thank you to. So if you give me a gift and I never say thank you, I lost the tag. I just, I never looked at it. Why? Because I was, hey, I'm just being honest, I was more concerned about the gift then who gave it to me? Unless it's a car, I will remember you. <laughs> but most of the times, it's a, if it's a gift, I forget quickly. And what Jesus was saying is how forgetful we can be when we're so concerned about the gift rather than the gifter. And we forget about Jesus even in the season because we love the season. And it's a season of giving. But he's the greatest giver of all. See, the gift of gratefulness reminds us on who Jesus is. It reminds us that in this season, sometimes we're so thankful for the gift that we forget to be grateful for the person because we're in this season. And if we're not careful, that kind of mentality will find its way into our personal life, our family life, our relationships, our marriages, our workplace. And then we'll forget about people. And we'll only be concerned about what we can get from people rather than who they are. But when we praise God, it, it resets us 
to be a grateful people. And if we're not careful, we're going to fall prey to a learned response rather than a condition of the heart, the practice of the heart, because that's what Jesus was looking for. Otherwise, we start to keep score on who does well, who doesn't do well. Oh, did they do this for me? Oh, they didn't do this for me. And Jesus says, you're you're now keeping score rather than keeping an eye on people and people in your own household. That's why I love what Psalm 139 tells us. It reminds us this. In Psalm 139, verse 14, that I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made Marvelous are your works. And let's read this part together. Ready? Go. And that my soul knows very well. You know what the Bible is teaching us? Our soul knows very well to be a grateful people. It's our mind that needs to connect with our soul, lest we forget. See, a grateful people praise God. They give praise to God because we know where gratefulness is modeled from because he's a great God. The second thing is that grateful people remember where they came from. Isn't it true that when the more, it's like the more we've been through something, the more grateful we become. It's like God brought us through a season or, or even upbringing where we may not have, have had as much or maybe we grew up without. And so as we get older, we become more thankful because we know what it's like not to have or go through an illness or go through some tragedies and turn out on the other side okay and strengthened. We become a more grateful people. Have you ever been at a restaurant and there's like prime rib, crab, uh, you have all of these great foods and and you're just so grateful because you didn't grow up with that. We grew up with Simon, Spam, Vienna, Vienna sausage, if you didn't know. You might be thinking right now, well, what's, wrong, what's wrong with Spam? That's like, that's like a meal. That's good stuff. But if you, if you only grew up without and then you continue to grow up and you are now able to eat different types of food, you're a grateful person. And you become a grateful person because you never had that. Like, I'm, I'm grateful for Lucky Charms cereal. I'm grateful because I grew up with cornflakes and sugar. That was the only way we got the sweet into cornflakes. I grew up with kicks because I think it was kicks. It was some circle cereal that we got free from the government. So that's what I grew up with. I grew up with peanut butter that you had to stir because it was like... This was peanut butter and this was oil. So I am grateful for different types of peanut butter, good kind peanut butter. I'm grateful for. Now, you might be in that same category. You're thinking, yeah, I I grew up with some, some different types of foods. And yes, I am grateful. But we're only grateful because we went through this season. Talk to a person who went through a terminal illness. They are sometimes more grateful for life than someone who has never gone through those difficulties. It's interesting what causes us to be a grateful people. And what Jesus is looking at with, this, with these lepers is, wait a minute, there was nine, but here's one who is grateful. That he learned something. There's a response of the heart, not just words of being thankful. He says in Luke 17, verses 17 and 18, Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? My question is this, am I the nine or the one? 
do I give praise to God or am I just thankful for what he does for me? And I just go off into in wherever I'm going to be and, and I'll, I'll go, go back to my home, go back to my family, go back to wherever it is and forget about the one who cares so deeply about me. I pray that I become that one that gives praise to God and remembers where they came from. I want to be that kind of person. See, these men went from confinement to freedom. They were confined in their leprosy and then they were healed from being diseased to healthy. And a person who goes through something like that understands gratefulness. Yet we all were once separated from God because of our sin. But we've been brought near because of what Jesus has done. If anything, we all should be a grateful people because we were eternally separated from God. And because of what Jesus did for us, we now have eternal life with Him. So if there's anything to be grateful for, it is that eternal life. We were once confined in our sins and now we've been set free. And because of that, we become a grateful people. See, grateful people are not easily broken. They are survivors. And then the last thing is that grateful people actually become a blessing to others. Because of your gratefulness, it's like you, 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 the, the way you are with people, you bless them. It's, it's just an outpouring of your life. It's like you don't have to think twice about it. You, because you're a grateful person, you're now blessing others. Find me a grateful person and I'll find you a person full of greatness. They just affect everyone around them. While someone is in their car complaining about the stalled car in front of them, a grateful person actually gets out and helps them to the side. That's, that's a grateful person. While, while, while everyone is concerned about themselves in the buffet line, the grateful person is thinking about others. While 10 are healed and thankful, the grateful person goes out of their way to express their gratefulness because they feel thankful. Because when you're grateful, you feel thankful. You don't need to feel to say thank you. You don't need to feel anything to say thank you. But you do feel thankful when you're grateful. You do feel it. In verses 15 and 16, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. That word thank means to be grateful or to feel thankful. That's what this man felt. He felt thankful. In other words, being grateful is more than just words. It's something we feel. And this verb for thank is the one used when Jesus thanked God for the bread and the cup during the Last Supper. The same word. In fact, it's the same word that we get the word Eucharist, which we know as communion. So when Jesus said thank you to God, thank you with the bread, it's the same word that this man used to thank Jesus. See, that, that gratefulness makes us commune with God. It draws us close to him. Now, the Samaritans, they, they were the unlovely outsiders of Jesus' day. And so we can think about who are the outsiders of our life? Who is that outsider in our family? Who's the outsider at work? Who's the outsider even in church? Who's the outsider in the groups of people that I associate with? Who's the outsider doing Thanksgiving that we're like, oh, man, they're coming. You never invite the kind, huh? So-and-so. 
Nah, they're not coming. Oh, they, he's there here. Who would invite him? Who would invite her? It's like it's, it's those people. And if you don't know anybody, might be you. <laughs> you might be the outcast. You're like, but nobody is an outcast in my family. You might be that person. Or you might just be a loving family. Who knows? But there is somebody that we can think of. And what Jesus teaches us is, in his eyes, there is no outcast. In fact, if there is among us, that's who he goes to. So if you want to be around Jesus, you're going to find him with those in whom we outcast. That's where we're going to find him. And when you go to them, you'll be just like Jesus. What he's teaching them is you're going to find that in society, but he crosses those boundaries so that he can teach us what it means to be a loving person. Because there's more in the Bible about praise to God than there is about, there is about prayer. Yet we forget about praising God and giving thanks to God. You know what this Samaritan was doing at the feet of Jesus? He was blessing the Lord. He was blessing him because that's what Jesus was looking for. The Bible tells us to bless the Lord in Psalm 103, verse 2. To bless the Lord, oh my, so, and forget none of his benefits. To bless the Lord. See, Jesus rewarded their obedience, all 10 of them. He rewarded their obedience. He said, go show yourself to the priest, which was what they were supposed to do in those days. That was part of the law. In order to make sure you're cleansed, you needed to show yourself to the priest. So that's what they did, and on their, on their way, they were healed. But Jesus wanted something more than just their obedience. Because he looks for obedience. What Jesus was seeking after was their gratitude in their obedience. See, the nine had missed the opportunity to deepen their joy by giving thanks. And when you deepen your joy, you become a strengthened person. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. But the one who returned had his cure confirmed, now watch this, not by the priest only, but by the Lord himself. See, what the nine missed was that personal relationship with the Lord. Only this one caught that intimacy, that he heard the words from Jesus, your faith has made you well. The other nine missed the opportunity. And here's why it's so important. Because when Jesus says your faith has made you well, it actually means that term to be made well, to be made whole. Once again. See, this man who came back and Jesus said your faith has made you whole, it does something to us as a person. It does something to us when the Lord himself says you're whole again. You're, you're not that person anymore. You, you're no longer attached to your past. Your sins no longer have a grip over you. You are now reaching your God-given potential. You're no longer this broken up, beaten down person with a heart that is broken. You are made whole once again, and it is confirmed by me, the Son of God. That is far more valuable than the healing. Because he is now understanding that he's a whole person. And that is what makes us grateful is understanding the power that Jesus has to make us into a whole person. And we become grateful. See, if you have a difficult time with gratefulness, if you have a difficult time with understanding that, 
that Jesus wants to make us whole or to be saved, start by blessing the Lord. Just bless the Lord. Worship Him. Thank Him for who He is, not for what He can do for us. Because it will be in Him that the gift of gratefulness will begin to fire up your soul that can be poured out eventually onto others, to be a blessing to others. See, it'll be, you, you become a wellspring of water, the Bible says, that you'll be bubbling up, overflowing to other people and pour out a blessing onto others in the way that God would want. John 7, 38 tells us that he who believes in me, as the scriptures said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Not stale water, dirty water, pilau water, but living water, clean water, that you're blessing other people. See, when, when rivers of living waters flow out from your life, everything around you has an opportunity to grow and get better and better and better just by being in your presence, which is what Jesus did. He gave people opportunity after opportunity to grow, to get better, just because of his presence. Some people loved him. Some people hated him. Some people were skeptical of him, which tells me the same thing with us. We can give opportunity for people around us as we're a grateful people to bless others. They're either going to love you, hate you, or be skeptical of you. But it doesn't mean we stop being a grateful people or stop blessing others because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And we continue to love people with the love of God because that's who he has called us to be. And when you're able to do that, you and I will be able to understand even more the gift of gratefulness, that it has so much more to do with results than it has to do with who God is. And I pray in this season that we'll be those kinds of people, that we'll be a grateful people who understands the gift of gratefulness. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. What about a chihu? Okay, let's close our Bibles and put away our notes. See, we got some Chihuians in here. Uh, I want you to take this also. And uh, when, you, when you invite someone, uh, let them know that it's not just an invitation. Just say, you know, I, I care about you. That I, I want to celebrate the Savior uh, together. And it could be someone you know. Maybe it's uh, someone you just met. And you can choose your own words. I'm sure you're not going to meet a stranger and say, you know, I just want to celebrate the Savior with you. You, gotta, you, you, you and you, who you are, that's how you're going to invite people. But here's the greatest invitation. The greatest invitation is you as a grateful person. Because it is in that gratefulness that you are going to illuminate and you're going to shine the love of God in such a way that people will see your good works and then glorify God in heaven. They're going to begin to praise God. And they too, hopefully, will become a grateful person. So take that. There are some special uh, services. Our December 13th, it's a Christmas special, which is called Celebrate the Savior. We're going to have a night of uh, song and some things from our children. So that's a great time for us as family or to invite family members. And Christmas Eve, we have our Christmas Eve services, 7, 9, and 11. And because... It's, a, it's on a Sunday. We still have Christmas Eve service. And the reason why we still have the Christmas Eve service is because for some people, and maybe even for your family members, that's the only time they come to church. And that's okay. 
because God is still touching hearts. Same thing on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, we'll have 7, 9, and 11 in the morning, and then we'll have our candlelight service at night. And I love our candlelight service because it reminds us that God is faithful, that He has been faithful with us through 2017, and He will continue to be faithful through 2018. So those are our special service times, and so take this and um, invite people to that, okay? Would you bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful because of who you are. And you teach us through the word. You teach us through your spirit. So Holy Spirit, in this season, can you empower us to be a grateful people? I pray for those who are here today, Lord, and maybe they've never said yes to you. They're grateful, but they don't have that personal relationship with you. Like that one leper who came back, praising God. And if you're here today and you're saying, I've never received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I'm so grateful to hear that I've been forgiven of my sin, that I've been washed clean, that I have eternal life through Christ. I am grateful, but I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to make that decision today. And if that's you and you're saying, I want Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior, would you just lift a hand real briefly and you're saying, I want Jesus in my life today. Is there anyone and you're saying, I I want eternal life. Okay, God sees you right here. Yeah, God bless you right there. Right here up front, God sees you, both of you back there. God sees your hand. He also sees your heart. God bless you right here. Yeah, God sees you. Okay, yeah, God sees you too. You put your hands down. How many of us, even as believers, it's so good to be reminded to be a grateful people. If that's you, you're saying yes. Raise your hand. You're saying yes, Lord, I'm thankful and I'm I'm grateful to who you are. And it's good to be reminded. You can put your hands down. As we pray this prayer together, you repeat these words, include the heart, but especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I am grateful that you came and died for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean and make me brand new. I believe in you, and I trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said together, amen, amen. Let's welcome these who said yes to Jesus into the kingdom.